Hi, this is Fergus, and this is a documentary about buying your first guitar and guitar amplifier. I'll be asking Sam Boxall and Andrew Willett, both from Guitar Gear Giveaway and the band Square One, about their thoughts on the subject. Sam, when considering buying your first electric guitar, what are some things you should look out for? So yeah, I don't know about you or anyone listening, but certainly for me, I had like a little acoustic for sort of three or four months and then I couldn't wait to get my hands on an electric guitar. So as soon as I had that and I had some tab books, it was kind of like, I was just away then because it's there's there's the inspiration comes from like picking up an electric guitar and plugging in a loud amp and just being like, cool, like what noises can I make here? So yeah, I think, I think it ma doesn't matter so much the functionality of the guitar, as long as it's playable, it's kind of going to be fine. But I think you've got to be inspired to pick it up. So if that means having an electric guitar, then any cheap electric guitar is going to do. Like any of the Squires and stuff now, just the quality of them is just unbelievable. Like the way they're getting manufactured is just such a high level. Um, I don't think it matters so much, you know. I think it's just important to get something that you enjoy picking up and is like comfortable to play, if that makes sense. What should somebody look out for when buying an amp, whether for home practice or gigging for the first time? The difficulty people have is sometimes they, they look at an amp that they see on stages like, I don't know, I say a 100 watt Marshall or something and they think, oh, that'll be good. And then they think, oh, I'll get, I'll get one that's lower wattage for the home and end up getting a 30 watt. Obviously a 30 watt valve amp is still massively loud. <laughs> so if you think you're gonna use that at home, it's gonna be massively powerful. So if you, for the home, if you're looking for a valve amp, you wanna be down at a sort of, one to five watts range unless you've got an amp with power scaling so that's one of the things um, but most of the things for home and just gigging and for practicing you can't go wrong with the roland katana the boss katana sorry because we have one in the studio and if you look at our live drawers we, we use it quite a lot and that thing you can get a hundred watt uh, boss katana and because it's not uh, valve driven it's you, you can you can sound great at any volume be it at home through an interface uh, or practice or a big gig, you know, it'll do a gig with a live drum kit, but it'll also play at home. It's got a massive load of effects on it. The valve emulations are really good. You know, I mean, if you put it next to a two and a half grand valve amp and you're a good player, you're gonna notice a difference in the dynamics, but we're talking 5%. Is the price of a guitar something that people need to worry about? It's, it, the most important thing is that it has got to be playable. There is, but I don't think that's a problem nowadays. Like certainly when I was starting to play guitar like 15 years ago, there were so many bad guitars out there. Like you'd get guitars where the action was like an inch off the fretboard and it was just unplayable and stuff like that. But now like manufacturing is so good and so precise that even the cheapest of the cheap, like 70, 80 pound guitars out of a guitar shop still play great. So there, there isn't kind of, no worry there anymore about, oh, you know, can, can I play this guitar? Can I actually learn on this guitar? There's not really many new guitars out there now that aren't good enough to learn on. Andy, are there any benefits of buying through the internet? Yeah, the videos have helped a lot. You can, you know, you can go online now and type in an amp and there's 55 YouTube videos that are recorded really well of a guy taking you through every single feature. When I started playing, you, you bought a guitar magazine every month and hopefully there was something interesting in there to read. Half of it is gear, it was full of gear you couldn't afford. And basically you had to pick things up through a magazine. I mean, you didn't even have the internet when I started playing, so you're just picking up what you've got. What pedals are a necessity for every guitar player? That I couldn't do without, and not, I'm probably one of the few people that uses this, is a, is a means to boost your sound for a solo. And, and what I mean by that is not necessarily an overdrive boost, but an actual 
massive boost in volume, a massive kick in volume. And whether that's you've got a way of reducing your volume on normally and then you turn it off so you're louder, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I could not gig without my boss line selector. And I don't use it for the intended purpose, but I have two controls on it, a green and a red channel. And there's no effects, it's literally just a limiter. And I put it in the effects loop of my guitar amplifier. And what I do is I run my rhythm sound with one of the controls lower and then I just click it to the other one, which is linear, which is the actual volume of the amp for solos. I would like to say a huge thank you to Sam and Andy for their time. I would also like to thank Loyalty Freak Music, Jazar, Room for a Ghost, and Andy Cohen for the music used in this podcast. All sourced from the Free Music Archive. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you.